Alright, welcome everyone to Joestar All-Stars, a podcast by four to in nerds for all you Trabian nerds out there. As always, I'm Joey Foyles. I'm Grant. I'm Tim. And I'm Victor. And today we're here to talk to you about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusader, episode, um, I should have the, it's, it's the newest part one, what number are we on? Oh god. Episode 28. 28, 28 thank you. I need to write these things down Probably. and actually be prepared for this. And, oh, God. I was going to say, before we start, I just want to point out, when you hear this, it'll be one year to the week since we first started publishing. <gasps> Who would have thought we could do anything for one year without fucking it up terribly? Yeah, I'm pretty fucking impressed. Yeah. Let's yeah. just all pat each other on the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Good yeah, job, guys. We're, we're, we're great. Yeah, good, jerk. Job. Yeah, good job. I can't do that audibly and, for the mic. I'm sorry. Life uh, finds a way, Tim. And also, smack your mic. Thank you, listeners, for theoretically listening to us for an entire year. I would be very impressed by anybody who started with us in our very rough days of fandom blood and is still with us now because, oh man. I think there's probably about two who have done that, and I'm (laughs) I am so thankful for them. God damn it. To be fair, JoJo was rough in Phantom Blood. <laughs> yes, our audio quality matched the animation yeah, quality. Yeah, but Dio had eye lasers, so I love it. And yeah, for sticking around for this one year of a JoJo watch along podcast, where we watch every single episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and make terrible, just, just really bad, real bad jokes. Man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how long that could be uh, silent for. Sorry, I broke it. Uh, it would be out of the spirit of the show. It doesn't matter how long, because I can just change it in editing. <laughs> so now it's going to be 45 seconds. Cool. It's just, the rest of the episode is just silence. <laughs> As it was always planned to be. Look, we, we've we talked about this. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and silence are like oil and water that cannot commingle. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, All th- right. this show cannot keep its calm, like, even a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, our episode begins with our good boy Kakui in the hospital. Eye bandages. And, I like, I don't even remember the news, but, like, we get a very good... No. <laughs> no. From Joseph here just to kick us right off. It's so forlorn. <laughs> no. Is he, Look, I'm, like, I'm even real... if we if we take the idea that Joseph just talks like this and like random English exclamations, there's no way anybody ever sounded like this in the history of humankind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really surprised we're actually acknowledging that battle damage exists in this world. Because not only is Kakuin eyes bandaged, Avdol has, like, bandages around his neck, too. Yeah, I saw that. You're right. I, I noticed the bandage around, uh... Who's his... Yeah, Avdol's neck. neck. Yeah. For the first time ever, we're acknowledging <laughs> it. Polnareff had huge parts of his bicep just yep. eaten. <laughs> eaten. We don't talk just about flesh. it ever Pounds again. Of flesh. Flesh consumed. <laughs> Like, and even later in this episode, we're going to have another example of battle damage just being completely yep. ignored. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, don't worry about it. I'm not. I'm just chalking just that one up it. later. We'll get to it, but it's just pulling ref being pulling ref. So, so this hospital scene, did anybody notice that like the shading is extra good in this scene? Yes, it is amazing. I don't know. I don't know what's going. Did, did they get a budget again? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. still. Like do they just like this? Uh, the second uh, second half of Stardust has just seemed overall of a higher bar of quality than the first half of Stardust. I guess after the the, the mid season uh, finale, they, when they got when they picked back up, they had some more budget. They 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 found it behind a stack of. I don't know where I'm going with this joke. <laughs> Animation cells between the couch cushions. <laughs> uh, they probably just worked three more animators to death. It's fine. Yeah, that sounds right. God. No. That sounds more accurate. It's okay. It's okay. They brought us art that we can love and enjoy, right? Sure. They're immortal now. We don't know their names, but they're immortal now. <laughs> <laughs> Their legacy lives on. 
Uh, so we get these nurses who are just fawning over Iggy because he has gotten a facelift since we last saw him. <laughs> he no longer has eye stalks. <laughs> what, you just want to skip past Polnareff trying to read something in Arabic? Well, okay. <laughs> so I thought the numbers that we use are Arabic numerals. I thought so, too. I'm like, oh, it's in Arabic. It should be Arabic numerals, right? This is right? thrilling television. <laughs> I, I guess not. Like, I don't know. It upset me. And also, I don't remember this ever happening the first time. And then I, this rewatch, and I'm like, wait, they just do a whole, like, two-minute bit on Polnareff trying to yeah. read? And I'm shocked they make Polnareff the ugly tourist here instead of Joseph. That's true. Well, I, I, I do have conspiracy theorist manga uh-huh. theories, but, but my phone's not letting me send pictures to uh-huh. our chat. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. When all of the letter, when all of the numbers are put there, it says Elmo. What? So I think we're acknowledging that Kakyoin is finally a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it around. It's okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll buy into that theory. <laughs> so when when the bandages come off, he's just gonna have big fuzzy eyes. Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's an enemy stand user. <laughs> Do you see the Elmo. enemy stand user? Elmo does. <laughs> <laughs> Use Emerald Splash. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> this is dumb. a really dumb joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're dumb people. Oh, Don't yeah, worry about it. We're on brand. <laughs> so. Yeah, these nurses are fawning over uh, Iggy because he got a facelift. And there's a and Polnareff comes up to him. And there's a moment where I'm like, all right, which side's going to win out? Is he going to be too busy insulting Iggy or is he going to try and hit on the nurses? And I'm a little I, I'm almost surprised that him insulting Iggy wins out in the end here. I was honestly expecting him to come out and try to use Iggy to pick up chicks. Yep. I that's what I would have done. Like that's what that's what everybody says, yep. right? That's the the big thing. Dogs attract women, therefore use dog as opportunity to pick up women. <laughs> maybe Avdol being back around is like you know influencing his decisions, or maybe he just hates Iggy that much. That Iggy hates him that much. I mean, I I, I hate Iggy that much. So. <laughs> it's like, you even hate this new chibi Iggy. Like <laughs> in some yep, ways, it's more him. upsetting Look, than before. <laughs> No, I love him. He's my child, and he's great. The, and, and you he's would the, say that he's the he's the most powerful Star Wars oh, yes. yeah. other than jo- other than okay. Jodoro. You would say that pug owner. <laughs> I have exactly no pugs right now. Oh God, don't Aww. remind me. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get to the yeah. let's get off of the dog that, that then farts in Polnareff's uh-huh. face because. <laughs> A Rocky's got to do it. Class. Yep. Yeah, he does. I mean, when these two are in a scene together, it has to happen. I mean, we got to take Polnareff down a peg because we're about to inexplicably give him like the coolest scenes in the entire <laughs> yes. show up to date. <laughs> <laughs> like we we just expected to these believe he's a badass. <laughs> like <laughs> another Iraqi forgot Polnareff was a butt monkey, but we'll, okay. So um, we we get to these guys. Like we introduce the stand user this time, and he's like. Four, three idiots and like this put upon son find a sword on the side of the road. Oh, I love Chaka's design so much. Mm-hmm. He's such a he's such a like non presuming character until the magic yeah. happens. He looks like until a sweet he, boy. Like he is he is a background character until something and, happens. And then he gets but... cool lipstick. <laughs> and then he gets cool cool color changing <laughs> yeah. lipstick. I was going to say he's too buff to be a background character, but... Like, look at these other three guys. Th- this is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and everybody's buff, so I, I, like, look, I guess he just fits the look bill. Look at these chodes who are about to fucking munch it to the stand. They're buffer than he is. Yeah, his dad is way buffer than him. Like, so, how, how old do you, did you assume Chaka was? Because I, I thought 12. <laughs> he, does, he does have that 12-year-old any- JoJo build. He's anywhere between twelve and thirty-five. <laughs> I think the. It, it, I honestly, I would expand that probably from five to fifty-five. Yeah. I think he's about on par with uh, young uh, Jonathan Dostar, so I'm going to say he's about fourteen. <laughs> do, you, do you have an answer to him? 
No. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to have the answer for that. Now, no. I, have to, now I have to like look it up. Chalk effects. <laughs> no, there are no chalk effects. That uh, was a that was a goof. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just make fun of this large boy that we have no idea because he's in the JoJo universe and looks huge. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I pulled up. The wiki oh boy. and has zero answers. Oh to no! No! Supremely disappointed by this. Uh, Rocky put no though. effort into it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he didn't write in a character. How is he going to work that in? Jean- Shock Jean- effects. Po- <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? He's a Rocky. He does whatever the fuck he wants. You're right. Sure. He could have just led with that that it would have made perfect sense yeah, they could have had a total conversation where all they do is list out this character's specs it's like get over here my 12 year old son <laughs> and it would have seemed completely natural for rocky it, it would have seemed more na- like just as natural if this had happened during the fight it's like oh you're 72 you grew since the last time we'd seen you god anyway they they can all see this sword somehow despite the fact that the sword is a stand well, the sword isn't a stand. It has a stand in it. Oh. oh. Now, now we're getting in this oh, yeah. like, uh, Oh, we're getting in some good man, new stand rules this, here. Th- this stand, like, okay, just take any of the rules you know about stands and just huck it so, out the window. I, you know I, Don't fucking I think it. I meant to say this last episode and didn't, even though this was going to be, like, something I really wanted to talk about. Why do yeah. Oingo and Boingo have superpowers instead of stands? Uh, because their stands don't have um, it, they're not powerful stands. They don't manifest unless they're up to a certain strength. We actually see this with other, a character later who has something similar to Boingo's or Boingo's stand. Like I don't think the book is a stand. I think his stand is writing in the book. That's what I I think too. That's Joey, why other people can see the book. But yeah, jo- you understand the, how stands work way too well, and that knowledge will not serve you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a stand without a wielder. It's something fact, like if you start with that premise, I'm actually totally fine with how dumb this yeah, is. Yeah, if if we're like if we're just like forgetting the rules of stands, which every episode I think it's a good call just to forget it, all the rules. <laughs> yeah, just start over because sure. Iraqi forgot them. And so if you come to it on the evil uh, like level playing field as Iraqi, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, and you know what. A cursed sword, I'm always down for one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just There's always a, a good story. There's a man that lives inside the sword. It's like, the, was it like a Muramasa? It, when it's drawn, it has to taste blood. And it's like glowing purple. It looks so good. And, it uh, looks really good. This, this, this sword's alignment's chaotic evil. <laughs> it changes the color palette of the person wielding it yeah no <laughs> like their possession has physical it's... manifestation in their bodily features so yeah so, so these these chumps pick up the sword and they say they say the word katana a lot <laughs> katana. like 20 katana. times katana. And, and like they start trying to uh, like draw it out of the sheath and then like it, it gets to the point where all three of them are on this sword trying to get it out and, and i'm like oh, this there's no way this can end well <laughs> no, I, no, what I happens when ex- you get I it out that exact note <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you get it out somebody is getting stabbed one person is getting hurt Totally. Yeah. <laughs> then what are you going to do? Um, so through a series of shenanigans, the sword just kills all three of them. Like, Shaka <laughs> walks, like, they can't pull it out. Shaka walks over, effortlessly pulls it out. His father's like, hey, give me that sword, and impales himself in the heart. Yeah. And then yeah. the sword falls. Which is, which is totally his fault. I know. <laughs> Shaka's standing yeah, still. 100%. Hey. And then the sword just kind of, like, gently falls over and slices a guy's head off. <laughs> it's just like. Oh, like in half. With like the it, back like, end of it too. <laughs> not in half the way you normally expect it, but like the front fell off. <laughs> God. I it, it's just the laziest looking slice too. It's like a George Foreman punch. <laughs> it, it's just so casual. That just doesn't look great. But but we do get good. I think it's worth it to draw the sword because it makes you pose like a fucking master oh yeah you get that full jojo pose immediately oh yeah and he just looks like a total badass for the rest of the time he's in the episode 
like, it's weird how when he, like, shows up, he looks like he's dressed appropriately, but when he's holding the sword, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool swordsman vibe. And I, like, it's something it's about the colors. very good. Because you don't see that before he picks up the sword. Nobody cares yeah. who he was until that point. You're right, Timmy. Yeah. He, like, effortlessly turns from a background character into awesome. It's great. Are you just saying that swords are cool? Swords are cool. Sword, swords will make you cooler. That's hey, true. Sure. Hey, Grant, didn't you One... study the blade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you were watching JoJo's Bizarre Video, <laughs> I studied the blade. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so cool. Uh, so, uh, so uh, like, it, 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 like it, he draws the sword again, and he does pose with like Anubis in the background, mm. and just like his like uh, robes are flowing. As the fight, as the fight, as he goes, he goes. I want to kill you too. And the final dude hides behind their cow. And, <laughs> right. and Chaka, I... and Chaka <laughs> finally shows you the true power of Anubis. It's Hamon because he's infusing the sword. It's not hurting the cow and killing the guy behind. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, I was so shocked the cow did not eat like dirt oh, yeah. here. I I was like, oh, and there goes the cow, and then it it wasn't the cow. I was so surprised. Araki <laughs> yes. declined to kill an animal again. I, it's <laughs> unreal. Yeah, it's okay. They'll kill the cow later. It's fine. It wasn't a dog. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. a dog. It is remarkably lumpy, though. Uh, uh, milk dog. Don't, like, don't so call the... a bull a milk dog, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's don't. A milk. It's a milk pupper. <laughs> yeah, so Anubis's power is to cut things it wants to cut, basically. And sure. so, possessing like, people. Yeah, and possessing people. It's a cursed sword. Yeah. And, and to give a fursona to anybody it touches. <laughs> Y'all... <laughs> Y'all, this sword is an excellent hype man. Like, oh, yeah. that sword makes you feel fucking good about yourself. Oh, yeah. It's like, you are a master swordsman. <laughs> no one is your equal. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Wield Just me. keep giving it to me. <clears throat> Feed my weeb ego. <laughs> my my weeb go. I, oh, I no. tried to make that work and it didn't work. We go? Yeah. We, we go? Yeah. Migos. No. We killed it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So my next note here, I, like I have Anubis is an incredible stand. And then my next note is Polnareff is an incredible ass. Like, <laughs> sure. So like <laughs> they, they get off a boat and uh, head into a credit a crowded marketplace and immediately Polnareff <laughs> looks the other direction and they're gone. <laughs> well, the fr- he goes over because the street vendor accosts him. He's like, hey, have some real papyrus. And this guy's Ooh. like, at, he, he's doing the thing where he's clearly trying to scam Polnareff. So Polnareff yeah. just rips it in half and he's like, this isn't real papyrus. <laughs> and but then, then the, um, the guy's <laughs> reaction shows that it actually was real papyrus. And Polnareff No, just, I don't think it was. I think it was. No, I, think I don't this- think he was. He's just trying like. If somebody rips it up, he he can't sell that to the next person. Look, yeah. he's crying, looking at this, trying to put it back together. This was a real artifact that Polnareff just destroyed. Look, he, no, he rips I'm the papyrus in half, it. and suddenly the trombone stops playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that the salesman, like, picked out Polnareff out of that group and, like, immediately labeled him as his mark because, like, <laughs> it, he is the mark of that group. Yeah. <laughs> the other three aren't that dumb. No, no. All he has to do is haggle with Joseph. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, idiot! I would have sold it for two fifty. Oh, and I, I wrote down here because we get a scene of them riding on the boat, and I'm just mad at Joseph because he's clearly just taking narrator Coon's job here, giving them like Nile facts, and I'm like, seriously, Joseph, we're like, why aren't we getting the tourist music with narrator Coon? Yeah, I wrote a lot of Egypt facts in, uh, in my notes, but I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah, you don't need them. <laughs> it even like, ends with... I think with it's like him. on the east like is where all the cities are, and on the west side of the Nile is where they bury all their dead. But it ends with Joseph saying, but none of that matters. Our enemies don't <laughs> care about any of that. They'll attack us yeah. from all directions. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's a good transition to, like... I'm like, you did you did it good. <laughs> uh, Brought it back around. 
So and then and then the boat sinks, right? <laughs> no. Dio's not on it. Surprisingly, not. I mean, but Joseph is on might... here. It's a mode of transportation. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have a. I think it doesn't have an engine, so he can't yeah. affect it. Uh, yeah, you're okay. right. It has to be a vehicle. Yeah, like it has to be an engined vehicle. They never tried bicycles. What you're saying is the reason yeah. everything crashes is because Joseph is not actually controlling Hermit Purple, and it's interfacing with the, the electronics in the vehicle. Yes, he's a technomancer. <laughs> you, you mean like an, a bad one? <laughs> yes. Just wild magic here. Like, Look, he showed us that he can just do this with an airplane <laughs> because Hermit <laughs> Purple can do anything. <laughs> there is basically nothing that he can do with it right now that would surprise me. <laughs> Read minds. Uh, like, if he used it to just puppet puppeteer someone, I'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that sounds right. Yeah. I, that would seem about right to me, dude. You sh- no. you showed me that one clip from the fighting game where he, he like shoots Herman Purple into the ground and then it comes up and binds somebody up. Like, like that's not something Herman Purple can do. <laughs> Is it? Are you sure? <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, it's hey, definitely hey, something Herman Purple can do now. Hey, Victor, huh. you want to know something else Herman Purple can do? What's that? Get him to swing around like Spider Man. We've already seen that. <laughs> no, but you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Grant, you're right. Then Polnareff looks away, and everyone's gone. I think they're just trying to leave him. <laughs> I do like, it has to be that, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially this has the... happened like three or four times. They need him on a leash. 100%. Get this no, like, the harness. They're trying to get rid of him. Did you see the way Joseph just like pawned him off? It was just like, oh, you're hungry? Here, have this fucking gum, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? Before we, I, The rest of this is like all kind of one scene, so I think this is a good point here, Victor. You know, Chaka. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Khan, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan, Chaka Welcome back to JoJo's Bizarre Western Music Reference, where this week we're talking about Chuck Chaka Khan, y'all. Known to many as the Queen of Funk, Chaka Khan's career stretches over nearly five decades, with successes starting in the 1970s. She was born Yvette Marie Stevens in Chicago, Illinois, in 1953. She grew up with an inclination toward jazz music thanks to her grandmother and quickly became a fan of R&B in the 60s. In 1969, she dropped out of high school to pursue music full-time, and after a few years of gigging around, serving as the lead singer of a few different groups, getting married, and generally just kind of making it in the local Chicago music scene, she was brought into a rising funk band called Rufus and quickly became their lead singer as well. With Chaka up front, Rufus managed to catch the attention of Ike Turner, whose favor helped Rufus score a record deal in 1973. They released their self-titled debut album that same year, but it made very little impact. However, the impact it did make was with the right person. One of the songs on that album was a cover of Stevie Wonder's Maybe Your Baby, and in 1974, Stevie Wonder himself brought the band a song he had written specifically for Chaka's voice. That song would become Rufus's first big hit, Tell Me Something Good. Tell me something good. That song went all the way to number three on the Hot 100 and would go on to win the Grammy for Best R&B Vocal Performance by a Duo Group or Chorus. This success, and another Top 20 hit called You Got the Love, would help their sophomore album Rags to Rufus go gold, launching the band on a string of successes through the rest of the 70s with Chaka Khan at the center of it all. 
But it apparently wasn't smooth sailing. The band was constantly losing and replacing members, and Chaka's relationship with the band grew more and more turbulent until eventually she took a hiatus from the band to work on a solo career, though she didn't officially quit immediately. Rufus would eventually release three albums without her, and it should really come as no surprise that these are the only albums since their first not to be certified at least gold in the US. Chaka, meanwhile, launched her solo career with a bang. Her first single as a solo artist was the 1978 stone classic, I'm Every Woman. Absolutely undeniable. Number one on the R&B chart, number 21 on the Hot 100, and her first solo album, just called Chaka, would go gold off of its success. But as I've said before in other segments, the early 80s were a hard time to be an R&B or funk artist. And though she had success on the dance and R&B charts, Chaka wouldn't see the top 40 of the Hot 100 again for the next four years. Her return to mainstream success would be a one-song reunion with Rufus called Ain't Nobody that mirrored the success of I'm Every Woman by topping the R&B chart and peaking at number 22 on the Hot 100. But then in 1984, she had the biggest hit of her career, a cover of Prince's song I Feel For You, which we came into the interstitial on. Though the song had been covered a few times since Prince originally released it, Chaka's version was easily the most successful, going up to number three on the Hot 100. That Chaka Chaka Khan intro is unique to her version, obviously, and it just instantly takes a permanent spot in your brain. But that's not the only reason the song is notable. It actually made history by being the first mainstream hit to feature a rapper. Uh, it's also the last time Chaka Khan would have a song in the top 40. Though she put up great numbers on the dance and R&B charts through the rest of the 80s and every few years pretty consistently after that. She even scored the Grammy for Best R&B Album as recently as 2008. She is an icon and I think you can trace a pretty strong musical lineage from Chaka Khan to a lot of artists over the last 30 years. Anyway, Chaka Khan is awesome, here to tell you, and uh, we're gonna go out on Ain't Nobody because it is also awesome, and Ain't Nobody Better Disagree With Me. Yeah, Victor, I'm every JoJo. It's all it, in you? It's on me. Yeah. It's all I don't in know. Chaka Chaka songs? Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get to what is maybe the best action we've seen in the show to date. This scene is so inexplicable. <laughs> we clown on Polnareff for so scene. long, he's such a jackass, <laughs> and then it's he been gets 26 this... episodes of straight clowning on Polnareff. <laughs> yeah, and, and but like suddenly this, this scene opens up these two buff fucking men walk into just like a sea of pillars. They, they see each and other. And then they just stand off, and, and Polnareff is like, he, he knows he's being followed. Because like, like, Polnareff senses him. It's bold of you to approach me just ready to attack and to allow me to defend myself. You must be really confident in yourself. And I'm like, where did this serious fucking Polnareff come from? <laughs> where did the, just the delivery on this speech come from? Polnareff is <laughs> not a badass. This is so good. But, I'm like, you don't have a right to be this good when you just had a dog fart in your face five minutes ago. <laughs> like, literally five <laughs> minutes ago. The reason he's here is because Iggy stole the gum out of his hands. Yeah. And, yeah, and he was hungry. <laughs> and I don't know why he chased after Iggy in that case, because I'm not pulling the gum out of the dog's mouth no matter how hungry I am. 
Look, it's no surprise that he wanted that orange from early. You're right. He does eat garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he wanted to challenge Jotaro to a gum-eating contest. <laughs> God, and he's just looking at this, and I'm like, don't eat the coffee-flavored gum. <laughs> God. I that. Like... But he's drawn differently. The animation here is just gorgeous and super serious in a way that, like, why does it? What? Like, I'm mad. At, I'm like just as mad, but what? Like, in all of this scene, as I am of the Caesar scene, where I'm like, wait, why does the show get to be this good at this? <laughs> <laughs> like, he, yes, the shading is on point the whole time. This is the quality of of work that you would expect from a real anime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from a real show that does this. As opposed to whatever the hell JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is. <laughs> we love it, but how? And then, you know, you've got just these, like, go-go-go-go-go's floating around in the background and mm-hmm. stuff. It's real good. Like, it shouldn't add to the scene, and yet it so does. Oh, like, his sword, like, it's sort of a standoff as the sword comes unraveled a little bit. You see the fly land on it and just shrivel up and die. Oh, and then we see four more dead flies on it later. Yeah. Does the does the sword stink? What What are we doing? No, it What's just, the implication? It's just sheer killing intent. It's just destroyed yeah. those flies. Okay. The black magic was too much for those flies to handle. Look, Their bodies just couldn't take it. Tim, are you just not here for a cursed sword aesthetic? Oh, I am. And I'm finally ready for Polnareff to actually do something that he's good at. I, oh, yeah. Like, this I, is a good fight. This is a sword fight for our sword fight boy. Okay, and I'm all the, so excited. All of his one-on-one fights are actually really good. But he has way more one-on-one fights than anybody else. It's not even close. Like, he just wanders off, and then they're like, well, I guess Polnareff gets a stand fight this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps wandering off. <laughs> that's that's why, like, they keep on leaving him places. They want to have, they want to go have a nice time and not be bothered by the stand user. They yeah, know like that... <laughs> the bait every fucking, time. Bug zapper st- stand user Polnareff will go drag him to the pillar man. Yeah, he's, he's the fucking like lightning rod for yeah. stand users. They just walk back. Oh, Polnareff survived again. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief! We got, uh, we got a massage. <laughs> I was able to take a nap. <laughs> it's, it's really win-win for them. <laughs> And, and sometimes he actively seeks out the stand user, like at the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go give the old lady a, a shoulder rub. <laughs> so there's the standoff, and Chaka draws the sword. It's got that, that good, that good aura around it, and they square off. And you know, Polnareff's real dumb in this fight, but in a way that it works for this fight, where he's like, oh, he's just a swordsman. Where's his stand? And we're like, alright, really, Polnareff? Like, he doesn't see any trick coming, but it makes it... To be fair, maybe he just thought Dio got smart and hired an actual assassin. God, just... I don't think Polnareff could think that far ahead. He's actually being careful. He's holding back he's like all right i know the stand's gonna come out and get me sometime so i'm not gonna go all in immediately and he's gotta so he goes behind the pillar i I just want to describe every second of this animation because they square off hide behind the pillar and polnareff gets a rude awakening as the sword cuts its way through the pillar and just slices him through his clothes like there's there's even like a big double exclamation point uh, splash when it starts happening and it's so good. Like, that, again, like the go-go-go-go's floating around, like, should not add to, like, the tension of the scene, and it so does. Totally does. The music's on point. Just, like, all music in the show's really good, but... Uh, and Star- Stardust has been, like, killing it with music, though. I... This this theme that starts when they fight is so good. I Like, I had to go back and listen to it. I'm sure I'm dropping it again right now. Light future me? God damn it. Why do I make more work for myself like this? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, that was a silence <laughs> for future him to answer. But <laughs> anyway, we so he gets cut, and he's like, it didn't cut the shirt, but as he just fountains blood, <laughs> yeah. it, didn't cut, it didn't cut the pillar or his shirt, and he's like, oh, that's strange. But like, and then the like, shot of him screaming. Starts, yeah, the shot of him like rotating around this pillar, pairing attacks that are coming through the pillar at him. It's fucking gorgeous. It's my favorite shot from this, sh- like this episode, and maybe this the last like Star Wars Crusaders. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's well animated. It's intense. As you, it's, it's a sword fight through a wall. It's so cool. Yeah. That's something. It's that, very cool. Like only JoJo's Bizarre Adventure could have done. I, and why is Pol- like and Polnareff looks cool? How? 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, you got it. Is this it? Oh man! In the manga, this is nothing. Yeah, this is this is nothing in the manga. I, I read this and went, "Why did Joey ask me to grab all of this?" And I was like, "Eh, it, whatever." But because I wanted yeah, to see how the manga did it. So, yeah. So we just posted some manga panels. It looks like it, the manga doesn't really capture what's happening. Let, let me put it this way: it's no One Punch Man. It's no <laughs> yeah. One Punch Man. No, like. It's hard to actually parse what's happening in the manga. Like, it, it's just not working very well. Like, some of the still frames look really nice and gorgeous. Polnareff just posing as the slice goes through the pillar. That looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Production, like, really put in the work to sell this. Like, this is a really good fight scene. I, I don't even think this, the, the manga panels look bad. It's, it's a good-looking manga panel, but it's just... It, that extra amount of animation budget that they got really fucking sells it. It's real good. It really does. The, like, these two episodes. Uh, so, Chaka disappears behind a pillar, and Polnareff does something clever. He's like, okay, I can't tell where this guy's coming from, so I'm gonna get up on a pillar, and he can't get to me, because he's just got a sword. Yeah, so he, like, jumps up on, like, a <laughs> pillar stump. It, like, a crumbled over pillar. He just jumps on the stump of it, and he's like, haha. Now I'll know where he uh, attacks from. And then Chaka fucking chops a pillar and rides it down from above onto Polnareff. That's got some real uh, Metal Gear energy there. (laughs) Fucking extra. But he didn't know that the sandbag student learned from the sandbag as he he looks in one direction and shoots out the blade from Silver Cherry and it ricochets off another pillar and hits Chaka in the neck where the fuck is this ability then? (laughs) look it's his secret technique that he's been hiding even from Jojo if only he could have like made his stand go faster or make multiple copies of his stand to fight this solid duel between fucking sword users. Uh! Hold, hold on, y'all. He he made a, a specific point to point out that he uh, hid this ability even from Jotaro. Do you think Jotaro interrogated all of them to know what all their stands do? No. No, no well. I think he was just hiding it from Jojo because... He just wanted to have something up his uh, sleeve just because. Well, I guess he doesn't have sleeves, but... Like, does Jotaro does <laughs> just force everybody to tell him what their stand powers are? Like, uh, no. Yeah. See, I think it's because Polnareff thinks Jotaro's his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's exactly what it is. That he thinks they're oh. best buds, and I hit God. it even from my best friend Jotaro, who, like... Oh. <laughs> Who, like, oh. picks up a coffee cup and it breaks in his hand as he hears this. That upsets me what you just But you know yeah. it's right. He's like, yeah. Jotaro's gonna be so impressed when he finally sees me bust this out. <laughs> yeah. Jojo sure. God, but... I'm, Go ahead. I'm, just ups- I'm just upset. So, at the beginning of this fight, he's like, oh, yeah... Chuck is using this sword, and he's fighting like an amateur, and he still can't beat him in a straight-up fight. No, that's that's why he calls it out, because he's like, why am I losing to even though he clearly has no idea what he's doing? There's something going on here. he's so fast and strong. Yeah. Okay. What the, the sor- fuck the point is the <laughs> Polnareff? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, Tim, that's like Polnareff.jpg. <laughs> like, I know! <laughs> But he looks real cool 
with Silver Chariot posing and him standing on the pillar as Chaka goes down in the background. Ah. And that's it. We, we defeated the stand user, right? Yep. 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 We killed this poor child. <laughs> no, he didn't and kill that... him. He calls it out. <laughs> He's like, you aren't dead from that sword in your neck. But <laughs> that yeah, blood just fountaining out of your mouth. Like, <laughs> Don't worry, Avdol survived it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll live. Oh, but then we get get the Stardust Crusaders back because he goes to pick up the sword. And he goes to pick up the curse sword. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, that's strange. Why is it in the sheath again? <laughs> <laughs> And he just immediately starts getting hypnotized. <laughs> and Iggy leads the rest of them over. They they came over chasing Iggy. They didn't hear the pillar fall down. They didn't hear Polaris screams. That, that's probably construction. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They probably I, hear enough Polaris screams that it just doesn't register. Yeah. So Polaris manages to resheath it because of the distraction. And I love what ha- like the next conversation here because it's just Joseph when Joseph's in charge here again the collective IQ drops just <laughs> into the fucking toilet here where they're like Polaris what are you doing he's covered in blood there's a dead man a pillar over there and four mice are running away with the sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what the Idea. fuck is happening? What are you doing? Just stepping some poop? All I could think of was like, ah, oh, yes, this is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Four rats carrying a sword. <laughs> Apparently they have more of, a, more of a warrior spirit than those flies did. More <laughs> than more of a warrior spirit than a holly. We had this beautifully composed and directed and animated fight scene that, like, rivals anything I've seen. And then, yeah, four rats running away with a sword. I mean, of course you have to, you have to chase after that, because you can't let that just be. Like, you can't no. just allow four rats to run away with a sword. No! Let the mice have the sword. What are they going to do? It's just not responsible. Somebody could get hurt. What? Mice? The mice are taking the sword! Nobody thinks this is weird. <laughs> Iggy won't stop barking and growling at the sword. <laughs> like, I, but So, I, I think it's at Polnareff. Because, right, my of course it's at Polnareff. <laughs> but, like, then he's trying to explain to the other Stardust Crusaders what happened. He's like, yeah, he said it was the stand Anubis, like, and he was a magic sword that could cut through pillars and stuff. And then we get Narrator-kun <laughs> to tell us Polnareff's inner monologue because Polnareff could not do that himself, apparently. <laughs> Just a whole cutaway. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he was no match for me. That's what <laughs> Polnareff so thought to himself. himself. <laughs> I wish we had gotten the Crusaders in our monologue, because it would have been like, God damn it, Polnareff, did you just beat up another random homeless person here? <laughs> you can't the keep saying they're stand juicers. <laughs> the Speed Wagon Foundation can't keep on silencing them with the money. <laughs> I don't like that Joseph suggested that they turn in the sword to the police. And, like, they're just okay with that? Like, mm. Why didn't you put this, like, why didn't you just hide this, like, under the bed? Why didn't you burn the sword with, I don't know, some giant fire chicken? I don't know, just call up Speedwagon Foundation. They have a fucking, like, Why didn't like UV light insane. tube that they keep Santana under. Like, <laughs> I'm sure they could keep a cursed sword locked up. They've got a, an Indiana Jones museum of some kind, I'm sure. Like, just a warehouse yeah. full of uh, <laughs> unmarked yeah. boxes. Uh. So... Uh, Polnareff was like, alright, I'll take this sword down to the police station, because it's dangerous and we want to keep it out of people's hands. And then Jeff was like, By myself, without anybody else. (laughs) Like Like, like y'all just just said not to do. Yep. Yep. But on on his own. It's like, we we just told you don't go back out on your own. (laughs) Hey, hey, Jotaro, go with him. And I'm like, okay. He's saying Jotaro. He is the most responsible. He he will be able to take care of whatever issue arises here. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, Grandpa, no! <laughs> I don't want to babysit Polnareff. And like, hey. somehow, 
He's, he's going to be like, okay, we're going to the police station. We're coming right back. This is going to be okay. Cut to hair salon. I, I cannot for life me understand how Jotaro put up with this shit. <laughs> he's just reading a magazine. Well, Polnareff, clean shaven Polnareff, gets a shave. He has this cursed sword propped against the chair he's sitting in. And Jotaro's like, shouldn't we be going to the police station? He's like, there's always time for a shave. What are you talking about? Hey, Jatar's reading like oh, like a Nat Geo about the sea. <laughs> hey, like I'm pretty sure Polnareff does this after every every time he beats a standard. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he, he go gets a celebratory shave. So he's done. Know. This is the second time he's done this. Yes. <laughs> so he hands like oh, thank you. Good. Good. The, thank you. The, the, the barber <laughs> chimes in and is like, "Yeah, man's got to look his best." <laughs> I'm like, thanks, guy. Really hey, he's, he's got a business to run. I know. <laughs> yeah. And like, here, take this dangerous sword that we're turning into the police and put it over there, please. Like, <laughs> oh, of course, sir. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, and then, and then Polnareff puts himself in harm's way with a straight razor. Like, <laughs> you know. The enemy stand user could be anyone. Could be anyone. Fucking menace. could be anyone. <laughs> Except for this guy. Let's let him have a fucking razor next to my neck. Perfect. I love that Jotaro is so uninterested that he just lets this happen. Also, he's just like, yeah, whatever. If the barber's a stand user, he, it's Polnareff's fault. He falls asleep. He just nods off. <laughs> he's just so concerned about Kakuyi. That's what it is. That's it. You know, he's his mind somewhere else. We've already had a stand user today. We won't have another one for at least another 12 hours. And then we have the cliche, like, getting ready to shave scene that, like, happens in everything forever. Like, if, sure. it's always, like, what's dramatically, like, what's, what's lather it up, you know, get the, put the hot towel on, like, get this person ready for this straight razor. And you know things are going to go wrong because this sort of scene, things always go wrong. I was like, what is with this, like, godfather-ass scene? <laughs> like, this looks exactly like something out of a mob uh, mob movie. If he had just been an assassin, Polnareff would be dead, because he'd have just used the straight racer instead <laughs> of the sword. <laughs> the sword really won in on it, though. Why didn't well, he just use the straight racer? He can use two swords at a time. Because, <laughs> because he wasn't an assassin? He's a stand user. And he wasn't a stand user. That's the point. He had to pick up the sword to become a stand user. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, at that the point, and... the stand's personality takes over. And they just can't I know. help themselves. <laughs> they they cannot can't... help themselves. He could have continued on using the straight razor. But no, he has to take the whole big-ass sword <laughs> and over Polnareff's head. He's got a stick, start... man. He's got to stick to his gimmick. And, and then he like has to... Like, give himself away is like oh under the chin you say I'll take your chin clean off he gives this grunt at the end and we should note that this is the other half Chaka was the first guy Khan is this guy by their powers combined they are in 80s funk idol <laughs> I, yeah, okay. It, that's the episode to be continued. Yeah. And God, this is a good. That was a good episode, right? Yeah, Victor. What do you think? <laughs> I like that fight scene is just so good. It overcomes any other faults of the episode, like the slow Which are start. Well, no, yeah, the slow what, start. What the, faults? <laughs> the weird, uh, like figuring out Arabic numeral scene and just more Iggy farting and. <laughs> That just adds to the texture of everything. It's it's like yeah. adding sand to your food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a texture. <laughs> <laughs> Give it that nice crunch. It's like crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> and, uh, but if they do, coarse. <laughs> yeah, this episode is wonderful. Uh, like, I always forget... Anubis, when I think about the Stardust ones, but this is, it's just a very competent one, two episodes that just does a good fight. Just the quality, the overall quality of this is just kind of spiked up. Not, not animation and writing. I still have issues with a stand without a stand user, but if I ignore that, excellent episode. Mm-hmm. 
it's like we're four episodes into Battle for Egypt, and all four of these episodes are better than, I think, 22 of the 24 episodes in <laughs> Star- the first half of Stardust. Like, I, th- I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, buckle up. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the following <laughs> No, those are great. Everybody loves Alessi. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's everywhere. Maria. Uh, 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 Mariah with her boss or whatever it's called. Man, Victor. Sure. I bet. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for watching. Uh, where can we find everyone? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Los Gruntalunas. That's Los underscore Grantalunas. <laughs> I swear you said Los Gruntalunas first. <laughs> I, I did, but I'm not going to do another take. <laughs> you can my, find me, Tim, at Big Blue Zam, where I'll be posting t- something. Maybe bad jokes. Something fun. Mm-hmm. You can find me, Victor, on Twitter at TF Waffleman. Uh, tweet and follow the podcast at Joestar All Stars. And of course, find the podcast wherever you find fine podcasts uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Joestar All Stars. FM. Uh, here's to following us for another year, right? Oh, boy. Woo! Hell yeah. And if you want to send us any messages electronically, send it to Joestar All Stars at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, five star. Leave us a review. Uh, tell a friend. Shout out from the rooftops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. This is a good pair of episodes, though. Just. I, look, we're on the way upswing for the for Stardust Crusaders. Oh, yeah. It, it's not my favorite season, uh, but even I have to admit, this is some quality shit. Battle for <laughs> Egypt does good stuff. Good <laughs> shit. It's good. It's and then good. there's Iggy. I love Iggy. I love Iggy with a fucking passion. I love Iggy more than I love. I would say about. I love Iggy more than Kakuane and Polnareff combined. Whoa. But Polnareff's a negative. Hot take. I don't like it. I disagree. I don't care. I, I cannot wait for your retrospective episode because, Victor, because I think you're gonna, like, once you get to the end, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. It's good. Hey. It's, it's good so far. So yeah, uh, thank you all. <laughs> thank you all for watching. This is Just Our All Star signing out for all of you. <laughs> to re be in never talk. Say goodbye, JoJo. Goodbye, JoJo. I'm so tired.